0: Hello and welcome. I'm Chris Neeland, host of Cult Brand Secrets. This podcast is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and The Gathering. The Gathering is a Forbes top-rated business summit and it's a masterclass for brand leaders hoping to reap the benefits of having hyper-engaged customers, prospects, and staff. In every episode, I present one of industry's biggest disruptors, a brand leader who is earning cult-like status by thinking and behaving differently than his or her mediocre peers. These brand leaders will share examples of how their companies, such as Marvel, M&Ms, Beats by Dre, Yeti, or the Dallas Cowboys, are spending their time and their resources creating advocates by enhancing their customer and their employee experiences in ways that make interacting with them irresistible. So check out all our episodes to gain access to the most impressive business leaders sharing their most important advice. Most cult brands need no introduction, and that is especially true for the NFL. You know, I remember how excited people got when we announced that the National Football League would be honored at the gathering. And I remember how excited I got when I learned that Tim Ellis would be attending to speak on their behalf. You know, I consider Tim a bit of a legend in the marketing and advertising space. Prior to joining the NFL as their EVP and Chief Marketing Officer, he held senior brand leadership roles at Activision, Volkswagen, Volvo. And uh, before that, he was this hotshot advertising executive that I had heard about. I think one of Tim's most notable claims to fame was producing that Volkswagen Super Bowl commercial with that cute little kid in the Darth Vader mask. Uh, That spot is frequently regarded as one of the greatest Super Bowl commercials of all time. You know, the NFL has been on our radar for years because of their exceptional level of fandom. The league itself was formed in 1920, so that means it joins this prestigious group of cult brand honorees that are centurions. I believe that any brand that can grow in revenue and in relevance for over 10 decades automatically deserves our collective respect. But the NFL doesn't just have longevity, it has off-the-charts viewership and fan engagement. Its teams have the highest average attendance of any professional sports league in the world. The NFL is the most popular sports league in America. The Super Bowl is among the biggest club sporting events in the world, with an individual game occupying all five of Nelson's all time most watched top five TV broadcasts. And the NFL is also the wealthiest professional sports league in terms of revenue. In short, the NFL is a juggernaut. And, uh, you know, that said, it's not without its challenges or its controversies. And Tim will elaborate on how the league is tackling difficult issues like how to attract more women viewers or how to appeal to more immigrants. He discusses their attempts to gain more international viewership. He'll address with great candor how the league could have done better in handling things like concussions or Black Lives Matter. It's going to become clear to you while listening to Tim why, under his stewardship as their brand leader, AdAge recently ranked the NFL as number one on their marketer of the year list for 2021. You know, Tim knows his stuff. The NFL has perfected the cult branding playbook. And I'm especially proud of how they are becoming even more progressive and being more honest and more deliberate in their approach to diversity and social justice issues and players' health and just overall living up to their potential by not just being wildly successful, but also remaining wildly significant to our society. Let's have a listen.
1: Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, um, listen, I'm going to take you on a little journey this morning, uh, one which I think will provide you with some insight how we modernized and transformed the NFL brand over the last three years. It's a bit of a two-part story. Um, I we spent the first year I, I worked a year and a half, 2018. Uh, making some real critical changes to the way that we were coming across. And it really had a big impact on our business and in our fan base. And then in 2020, we took some even bolder steps out of the realization that, you know, we hadn't been really living up to what we could be doing as an institution. Not, we hadn't been living up to our potential. And we realized that we just, we had to do more. And to leverage the platform, because we, you know, you can imagine, the NFL has a massive platform. We wanted to leverage that platform for the greater good. Now, I know all of you in here, I know you're not all from the U.S., but I'm sure you all know that in the, in the U.S., the NFL looms large. It's been, you know, it's been around for over 100 years, and it's by far the most dominant sport, if you just look at the total fan base uh, in the country. And, but I was hired, when I came to the, the NFL, I was hired to future-proof it, right? So when I got there, I looked very closely at the data. And I could see that there were signs of an aging brand that was beginning to wane and lose relevance with the younger audience, which as you all know, is critical. And if we didn't address these things, we were gonna lose relevance as a leading institution. So as soon as I arrived, I started really ringing the bell of urgency. And we needed an aggressive plan that was designed to humanize and modernize and rejuvenate our brand. So I wanna share with you kind of how we went and did this. I'm gonna share, like I said, a fair amount of work. I'm a big believer that if you're gonna have a good strategy, you gotta show the work and see how that work is expressed in the strategy. And I'm gonna start out by showing you a Super Bowl spot that you may have seen, but we did it a few years ago. It was the first big piece of work that I did shortly after joining the league. And while it was about celebrating the 100th season, I think you'll see it was a lot of it was all about the future. What's most important you saw in that spot, that they're all football players, but none of them had their helmets on, right? And unlike other sports leagues, if you think about it, our players are constantly behind their helmets. And the world sees what they accomplish on the field, but they have no insight into who they are as human beings, what drives them, what motivates them, what makes them unique. And we wanted, you know, I wanted the players to be relatable which meant removing that proverbial helmet and showcasing a more human side of the league. A league that's willing to have tough conversations, authentically lean into youth culture, right? And stand behind what the players really care about, what matters to them most. So building and nurturing those player relationships have been key to the strategy that we've had over the last three years. Now, I'm sure everyone in the room can identify the relationships that are most important, you know, they're key to you uh, in your own businesses. And as we all know, relationships are, they're based on trust, right? And to gain trust, you have to earn it. And it, that takes work, it takes commitment, and it takes open-hearted listening and engagement. Now, the other thing you may have noticed in that spot is that we're bridging generations, okay? You saw some of our most famous legends who were there side-by-side with the young superstars. Now, we knew that kids wouldn't know who the 80-year-old legendary running back Jim Brown was, or Franco Harris in the Immaculate Reception. And we definitely knew that mom and dad, well, they're not gonna know who the guy in the purple hair is the waiter, was Ninja, the biggest gaming influencer in the world. So having Ninja in that ad for us was as important as having all those big star players. In fact, we even did a spot for Ninja and his hundreds of millions of followers. And I just want to show it to you real quick because that spot really engaged a big part of our younger audience. What's up, dude?
2: Wow,
1: Ninja's here.
2: Hey, Peyton, is that Ninja? Who's Ninja? Video game master. Hey, guys, Ninja's here. What you know about Ninja (laughs) (laughs) Bucks?
1: so pete berg directed that spot and he got pretty much everybody in the room to say hey ninjas here the whole time now the other thing you might have noticed in the spot is that we had a lot of females in the spot right And our key to our strategy is a higher composition of females within our fan base. And I got to tell you, it's very exciting when you look out there today to see new coaches, officials, and we hope even players, right? There's going to be a part of the NFL and we're working very hard to make that a reality. You saw the first female official, Sarah Thomas, as well as the prolific young female star who plays tackle Sam Gordon. Now, it's obviously common, all of you know this, that brand ambassadors are a big thing today. Everyone's recruiting brand ambassadors. And for us, understanding that potential of our true NFL ecosystem, it's been critical, right, to our success. Our owned and operated social sites, it's over a hundred million people, which obviously is pretty big. But we began to see that there were opportunities to not just have our own, but also to look at players and former players, right? The legends and colleges. And then we began to look at, like, all right, well, anybody, number one, who loves the NFL, and number two, who has a sizable audience, they're a part of our ecosystem. And before you realized it, we knew that we had over a billion fans that we could consider as our ecosystem. And we put together all these strategies to manage and feed that ecosystem. We, for example, we, we by operationalizing with the 32 clubs, we put together this AI tool that goes to all 32 clubs where they can identify the micro and the macro influencers for their club. And today we have over 1,000 influencers who work with us and we distribute like around 1,500 pieces of content uh, per, per week. Now, as part of this effort, we also put together um, a whole army of local creative uh, content makers, we call them LCCs, and they not only capture intimate content of the players that are on the sidelines of the game. They also go with the players when they're buying clothes, when they're going to restaurants and parties, when they're doing community service, right, or just hanging with their friends and families. And young fans love that intimate access that they have, right? Now, one other thing that was very important for us, we obviously established this co-creator program, right? That we had TikTok and a lot of other emerging entertainment platforms the social platforms just to help us generate this content. And one recent example of this is Emily Zuguay. And I don't know if you all know her, but she's really fun and cool. She's an online star who kind of exploded almost overnight. And she has fun with corporate logos. That's, that's what she does. And of course, including the NFL, she had some fun with us. And when we saw it, We didn't call our lawyers for logo infringement. We decided to, okay, let's have some fun. So listen, all this stuff really is what I call is part one of our strategy. Um, And within 18 months of that strategy, we grew our fan base to historic highs. And it was driven by a higher composition of female fans, Latino fans, and younger fans. And in fact, we we reversed a seven-year downward trend, a decline in youth fandom, and that we begin to put it in an upward movement of growth, uh, which obviously is a very critical segment for us. And then in the spring of 2020, as we all know, the world changed, right? And when the pandemic hit and the stay-at-home orders were put into place, We sort of immediately seized the moment and we worked closely with our players and within a week and a half we produced a a pretty powerful psa called stay home stay strong which basically just encouraged people to be safe and stay home with their families and this was a point when we realized that we had a a much bigger opportunity and, and responsibility to leverage our massive platform for the for the greater good and when the pandemic hit It hit just weeks before our draft. I I told you guys last night the draft is next week. Well, it hit just a few weeks before our draft. And I'll be honest with you, we really grappled with whether we should do the draft or not or whether we should postpone it. And as you can imagine, there were lots of voices out there that very emphatically were telling us what they thought we should do. So we ultimately decided that we were going to go ahead and pull it off because We believed that we could do it safely and completely remote and virtual. And almost overnight, we found a way to get over 200 lines of live, you know, lines into the coaches, homes of the coaches, the players, the owners, and, you know, of course, Commissioner Goodell. And it became, if any of you saw it, it became one of the most memorable drafts in history because everyone really loved having that inside access. And they were just happy to have something move forward right? Now, we also added during that draft a a component to it, which we called Draft-A-Thon because we could already at that point see the destructive impact that COVID was having on underserved communities. And so we recruited celebrities and influencers and NFL stars, all who came together to do this Draft-A-Thon. And that Draft-A-Thon helped us raise over a $100 million okay, in just a few days uh, for COVID relief. Now, the positive impacts of that work over those first few months of the pandemic, it really reinforced something for me as a, as a really important lesson that no matter what happens, stick to your strategy. And you know, no matter what the challenges are, you've got to keep moving forward with what you know is right and what, the, what your real strategy is. And the other lesson that we learned um, not too long after that was that you know, the importance of being honest and being, you know, true to yourself and, and being reflective as a brand and as a company. And there are times that I think you just have to look in the mirror, right? You, you can't always just be looking forward. You gotta look back. I think if, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna move forward, you have to be able to look back and you have to be able to reflect and reassess your your direction. And, you know, they, those could be decisions that you may have made as an organization that at that time seemed right, but now you realize they were not right and and most importantly i think you have to be willing right you have to be willing to be honest with yourselves you have to be willing to change and you have to be willing to course correct when necessary so just a few months into the pandemic the nation was rocked by the murder of george floyd we all know that in a string of senseless horrific acts that were just uncovered right these things have been going on for so long but all these things were just right in front of us and it was a moment of reckoning for the entire world and certainly for the NFL. And we took steps to carefully consider where we should go from there in our social justice program. And we engaged in a company-wide dialogue that I can tell you was raw. We had very emotional discussions internally. And we really looked at, you know, what we had been doing in the past and what our future included or should include, including, you know, Commissioner Goodell, that we just realized that the NFL can and needs to do more. We need to change. And that some of the things that we did, we just, we just should have listened earlier we should have listened to our players including colin kaepernick and eric reid and kenny stills and so many more right and we realized that we needed to step up and use the full power of the influence of the nfl and our very sizable platform and help create meaningful change and so these conversations culminated into a uh, a video that we all put together and i was fortunately right there helping write it and work with roger and put that video together because it was such just so important and it was widely seen and it condemned, of course, it condemned racism and supported Black Lives Matter. And that was a very big moment. And then from that, lots of things changed at the NFL. I believe this was a critical moment for us. It was a moment when our, our country needed us. It needed us to take a stance and do the right thing. And, it, you know, it might have taken time. It did take too much time, in my opinion. But we were able to stand by so many of our players and our fans in solidarity. Now, I also want to say, right, the NFL is... <laughs> you know, across demographics, blue states, red states, and every age group, we are very evenly distributed. And I can tell you, make no mistake, that when you, you stake your path, not everyone's going to like it. Not everyone's going to get behind it. And we, we have heard it all from, you know, stay in your lane, stick to football, get out of politics. You know, you can imagine. But I believe that you have to be willing to not only be bold in your actions, but take a clear stance and be undeterred so it was this deep level of reflection that sparked our 2020 season kickoff campaign which was it takes all of us and our agency which is a great agency 72 and sunny uh, worked with us to develop this campaign and it was designed to unify the football family and to inspire others to help us create a sort of a meaningful change in our future. And we launched this highly emotional integrated campaign at kickoff, which leveraged the scale of the NFL, because you can imagine the events that we have in the U.S. at kickoff, the, the, the 30, 40 million people will tune in. It was huge. So we, we took this campaign as a way to begin to unify the country around, as well as a force for good. And it's strung together critical causes, right? Like social justice and racial equality and it included authentic imagery of our players who were supporting their communities. In fact, the narrative spine of it was from Ladanian Tomlinson, he's an NFL legend, and uh, I want you to see the spot right now.
2: Football is a microcosm of America. All races, religions, and creeds living, playing, side by side. When we open the door for others to compete, we fulfill the promise of one nation. Let's open it wide for those who believe in themselves, that anything is possible. I am asking you to believe in your ability to bring about change. We represent the game our team our community we all have to try harder my great-great-great-grandfather had no choice we have one I pray we dedicate ourselves to be the best team we can be working and living together
1: so this refrain it takes all of us continues as a common narrative today with all of our social justice initiatives and our cause programs that all live under this one umbrella and one of the most critical partnerships that we have with our players and standing behind them is called uh, my cause my cleats and where this this Program which we've had now for a few years, it celebrates the causes that players want to get behind. And so it has these custom-painted, cause-inspired cleats that they wear during the games, during a couple of weeks. And it's really, it's it's their way, these things are very deeply personal to them. And it's their way of expressing what they truly care about. And I want to show you uh, the spot that we did just this last year.
0: My fellow players.
2: My brothers. My rivals. It is my responsibility. To my city, to my community, my family, and my predecessors. Everybody is a role model. Everyone. I love don't man. I look up to you a lot. I appreciate you. To use my reach. I'm standing here today telling you hate does not drive out hate and bring awareness not to myself, but to help others. To see the world from someone else's shoes.
0: Hey! (laughs) What's
2: up buddy, how you doing? To all those battling, not just on game day. I'm so enamored with the Trevor Project. There are young kids who kill themselves because
3: they're afraid of what life will be like for them.
2: You are my role model, my inspiration. Today, my goal is to shine a spotlight on you. And when they mention our legacy, I sure hope they don't only mention football.
1: I hope they talk about raising awareness
2: for sickle cell. But know that my job is never done. This is my pledge. This is my pledge. This is my pledge. And this is my cause.
1: So, thank you. Over a thousand players participated and contributed to that program. Uh, It's a player led campaign that utilizes our platform. It gives players a much deserved microphone, right, to bring these causes to the forefront on game day, which range, like I said, from injustice to social injustice to uh, supporting youth and mental health and so forth. Um, I want to switch over now. I know all of us can, you know, identify with this, we, the society has been thrown into an emotional roller coaster of unforeseen events and challenges over the past few years. And I'm sure it's no surprise to anyone that mental health has become a very high profile subject more than ever. And anxiety and depression rates, you know, around the world have just spiked like up like one in five people today, uh, you know, or somehow afflicted with some mental health uh, issue. And it's You know, it's not a dynamic that has just come about. It's become worsened during the pandemic, but it really it's been around for quite some time. So um, we wanted to end the stigma around talking about these things and people ultimately seeking help. And so we work daily to really work with our players to encourage and empower them to be open about their mental health journeys and help fans see the importance of acknowledging and addressing some of their own challenges and additionally, just seeking help. So I wanna show you a, a PSA that we created together with the players.
2: I want more compassion, you know, in the next generation dealing with mental health, more love, more patience in understanding that mental health is everything.
1: I battled through
2: the anxiety and the depression for about three years. I would be fearful about things that I had no control over. I've learned, uh, you know, various coping mechanisms to work on my mental health. Meditation for me is is exercise for my mind. It means the world to me to see NFL players be so vulnerable with their struggles from a mental health standpoint. You're seeing guys raise their hand and say, "Hey." I'm willing to share my story because if my story can help somebody else out there, um, that's all that matters.
1: So what you just saw there is one of the best performing campaigns that we've ever run at the NFL across all the you know traditional ad metrics. Um, and I think it's because of the willingness of these players to be open, to be vulnerable, to share their deeply, deeply personal stories that just really resonated with people, right? And I think that people were just taken by the level of inner strength that they had and the courage that they had to speak up. Now, speaking of courage, um, this past June, we all witnessed Carl Nassib, who became the first active NFL player to come out. His courage changed uh, not only the NFL, but the lives of so many people around the world who could really identify, you know, that that was represented on the NFL field this season. And so we really put an emphasis on being stronger allies with the advocates for the LGBTQ plus community. And not just during the pride month, but year round. Right? And we work with organizations like GLAD, and You Can Play, the National Gay Football League, and the Trevor Project. Now, Carl used coming out as a platform to raise awareness for the Trevor Project. It's the world's biggest suicide prevention and suicide intervention organization uh, for LGBTQ plus youth. And in supporting him, when it came out, we realized, wow, we just we have to work with him and do something immediately so as you can imagine uh this spot was highly appreciated by a wide swath of our of our audience particularly the the lgb2q community because they realized that they were a crucial piece of what makes up the nfl okay and i want to tell you a little story about an nfl family they're from buffalo they're two dads raising a son and they never felt comfortable taking their son to an nfl game And I want to show you a TikTok video. They're called the Rainbow Dads. And I want to show you a video that they did, which went viral uh, after they saw that spot.
3: Hey, buddy, you know how Papa loves football in the NFL, right? Yes. But you know how Papa and Daddy have never taken you to an NFL game before, right? Yes. That's because I never felt comfortable enough taking you to a football game because you have two gay dads.
0: Well, can we still go?
3: Well, the NFL just made a video that I want you to look at and I want you to read and have your reaction to it. What do you think? Yes! And then you can answer the question if we should go or not.
0: Football is gay. Football is lesbian. Football is beautiful. Football is queen, life, exciting, power, tough, strong, freedom. Football is American. Football is accepting. Football is everything. Football is for everyone. What do you think? I loved
3: it. I think it's time to go to a game.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> I can tell you, they're as adorable as they look on that video. Uh, they, I actually had dinner with them uh, last week, and they they literally drove all the way to New York to... Uh, <laughs> it was incredible. They drove there to like introduce me at an award show. I mean, it was just amazing that they did that. And, and what they talked about, I had everybody in tears in the room. Um, listen, I can I can tell you that all the individual pieces that I share with you today, um, they've been impactful and in their own right. But really, it's the collective impact of all of that work that has been very encouraging and very exciting. Uh, the work and the strategies have had a real impact on our brand, on our business, in our communities. And we saw that just really come to life in a myriad of ways in 2021. You can see some of the things that we use as our KPIs um, you know cause awareness is at 84% for at least one cause that we put out there which is obviously is very high things like you know shift in perceptions we're now at an all-time high on on perception that's the league that's clubs that's players uh, brand buzz it was down 2% in the industry last year but we were up 16% our ratings dominance we were 75 of the top 100 shows in the US or NFL shows Um, And then, you know, we had over 100 million people tune in for our conference championships and over 200 million people, that's about two-thirds of the country, showed up um, for the Super Bowl. So all of that um, gives us energy. It gives us the indication that what we're doing is going in the right direction. Um, And I should also note that the the brand resurgence has also helped us secure some very important long-term agreements with our broadcast partners that will go years uh, into the future. So I want to I close the session now with some words I, I hope will be of encouragement um, for all the marketers in this room. I, know, I realize most of you are. Um, much of what I share with you today uh, were examples of strategies and campaigns that were connected to very tough and complex business decisions, right? And I want to just urge you to earn a seat at the table and to personally have an impact on some of these important decisions. Um, I just feel like too often marketers, you know, marketing leaders are like, they're treated, we're like treated like exotic animals, right? Like who are not, we're not tough enough to take these business decisions. And I just believe that we need to get into that boardroom. We need to earn our way into that boardroom because if we do, all of our companies are going to be better off. That's, that's my very strong belief. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to finish off right now. I'm going to show you one last spot. Uh, I think it kind of sums up everything that I've been talking about. It's really all about um, having each other's backs. And then I think, I hope we have time for a little bit of Q and A.
2: Bring it in! Today, nothing else matters. As long as those beside you and those behind you know that you got their back. Who got my back? I got your back. Who got my back? I got your back. Who got my back? I got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. Who got
1: my back? We got your back. Who
2: got my back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got
1: your back. Who
2: got my back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. Who got our back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got your back. Who got our back? We got your back. Who got my back? We got Who back? We got your back. Know this. long as we got each other, we can't be broken. So easy. Who got my back?
1: Thank you.
3: Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Hey, Tim. Hey, hey. How are you doing? My name's Rodney Rambo. I get hey, to do Rodney. the honors today. Yeah, Nice to meet you here on stage. <laughs> nice All to right. meet you. Um, I will tell everybody, I was not prepped for this, uh, but when you get a chance um, to sit with the NFL as an ex-football player. I only made it to college, but my next call after I get off this stage will be to my parents saying, I made it to the NFL. So this is a big one. Love it. So, you know, there was a lot in there and the NFL is doing a lot and has a lot of responsibility, but not all of us were able to make it to your inner sanctum. And I'm really interested because you've had a great past, a history, a historic rise to the NFL. What were some of the things you learned and what were some of the things you gained through through working through Activision and things like that, that you were able to um, take to the NFL to help you make this transition, this revolution? Um, what's Can you give us a
0: little well, bit of your past?
1: Yeah, no, I, I kind of felt like when I got to the NFL that my, my whole life had been leading up to it. Like, you know, you're sort of getting ready for the, the role of your life, so to speak. Uh, I spent seven years at Activision. I was so happy to see Johanna yesterday. Um, she actually started she was she was at the NFL and she, the day she started at Activision was the day I started at the NFL, so we completely crossed but um, you know I spent seven years there, and as you all know the the gaming industry changed a lot during during that period. We really took sort of gaming from the basement to mainstream entertainment, and we began to treat um, Gaming as really like being deserved right up there with major motion picture films and things like that. And we were doing these incredible uh, product launches and not just putting out trailers and so forth. And then the other thing we did with you know during that period, it, it went from like almost like a movie model where you were putting out one game per year. It went to a an engagement model where we were connecting people with microtransactions throughout the year. So being able to engage, particularly these younger audiences, was incredibly important. At the same time, being able to create these bigger than life, scorch the earth campaigns that give you that sort of FOMO of like, well, I have to be a part of it because I'm I'm not, I mean, I'm gonna look like a jerk on Monday morning. So, you know, people felt like they just had to be there. And I think a lot of that, you know, within sports as well, is that it's the season, the beginning of a season is really like this big, big launch. And then before that, I worked for for Volkswagen uh, and and Volvo. and many of you may have seen the the little mini Darth Vader spot called The Force that we did while we were there. And, you know, that spot was highly emotional. If you go back and you look at it again, there's no dialogue in the spot. It's just all this emotion. And, you know, before Volkswagen, I was in Sweden for 12 years, just doing international pan-European and, and global work. And I really found a way together with great creative people to communicate from the heart and like show you know to really identify ways that connect us all right so through emotion i think that ad the 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 mini darth vader ad is a good example of that but we did a lot of work where we just i think you know somebody said in the, the the first day we were all here it was a great thing about the the fish probably didn't discover water when you get out of you know your own environment and who you are you really realize who you who you are and who you're your society, your culture that raised you and things like that. And those years when I was overseas, it really helped me understand the things that connect us all. And I have brought those lessons forward really in everything that I do. Oh, that's amazing.
3: Um, I think this leads me to my next question, which is really, uh, you know, your career has set you up for running a, you know, brand for a culture. It's a religion in the U.S., just like hockey is here. Uh, And with the religion comes a lot of point of views. How do you end up in the right position? You know, you talk about encouraging, you talk about rejuvenating, you talk about rebuilding. There's so many things coming at you all the time, from fans, from owners. Uh, how do you how do you end up in the right place? What what are what are some of the tools that you use to ensure you and the team are ending up in the right place?
1: Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it's it's like a daily thing. I mean, I, every time I hear footsteps running up and down the hallway. I like put my head out because I sit right next to the PR guy and like, oh my God, what the hell is going on now? And so it's always something that's coming up. And I think, you know, I talked a lot in in today about, you know, sort of taking a clear stance and being bold and undeterred. Um, I think you have to like, you have your mission, you have your values, you have, you stake out what you're going to do. You got to get everybody on board, right? You have to at least try. And you can imagine in the NFL, and with our fan base, there are a lot of conservative elements and a lot of the things that I share with you today were quite progressive and moving forward. Uh, and, but I, you know, when people accuse us or saying, oh, you're playing politics, like, no, it's not politics. It's being, it's human. It's humanizing the, the league and basic human principles, right? <laughs> and I think, I think that if you, you stick to that, you know, not anybody wants to argue with you about that, right? Like how many people want to say, oh, I don't want to be human. Like, you know, nobody, nobody wants to do that. So I think you stake out your principles and you get the people behind you. You accept that not everyone's going to like it. I know there's a lot of, folks inside and outside the NFL that do- doesn't like everything we do. But you know what? It's very successful. And I, the other thing that's very important, you share the metrics, right? I share with you guys the metrics. Show them how it's building the brand. Show them how it's bringing in new audiences who before thought the NFL was bullshit and they didn't want to have anything to do with it, right? We couldn't even hardly talk to the hip-hop community a few years ago. Nobody wanted to even come and be in our, you know what I mean? So we have put so much work and effort into working and forging these relationships and in some ways bringing back relationships and being clear what we're doing and then walking the walk right because the minute you say something and then you do something else we all know you're screwed right so you have to you have to continue to do the things that you say you're going to do and then not just talk about it demonstrate it right so you notice when I when I was showing all that stuff it's not just spots we're actively rolling up our sleeves and working with communities We're with corporations like Big Brothers Big Sisters who are here, I was so happy to see them here this week. And we're with the players in the communities. And yeah, sure, we're cutting checks, but cutting checks actually has an impact. Right? Like people say, oh, well, you're just cutting a check. No, that helps. Cutting checks, money helps things happen. But you also have to be active in the community and you have to create, we have a huge platform. We have 20, 30 million people watch our games every time we have a game. That's a big opportunity, right? So it's gaining awareness. It's getting out there and being active. And yes, donating. We donate over $500 million per year on causes.
3: Outstanding. So we're running out of time here, but I have one really important question that you haven't divulged yet. Okay. Who is your team? And I'm just get up and walk away. <laughs> You're gonna away. get
1: me in trouble. All right. Well, it's a two I, here. I'll, tell you, I'll say I say my, my team is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh boy. I uh, okay. yeah. I I I grew up uh, you know about an hour and a half in Stockton, California, uh, above San Francisco, and of course I grew up with the Niners. Um, now, my 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 wife is from New Orleans, so my second team is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but of course, I'm an ambassador of all 32 teams. I love all 32 teams. We do a lot of work for all 32 teams. Now, uh, you should see my wife and I when the Saints play the 49ers. It's, it's not a, it's not a pretty picture. But uh, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the great things about this sport. People are so passionate about it. Uh, they get so excited about it. You know, and that's, that is obviously an opportunity, right? That's another thing I think that connect my former lives is that gaming is a huge passion for people. It's very important to them, and so you have to find ways to tap into that passion and really respect it, right? Like you have to respect your fans. You have to respect your players uh, because they're very loyal to you, right? So uh, I, I get up every morning and go to work and I just think, what can I do to help the players? Because I just admire these guys so much and they've they really helped us do so many things and they have a really tough job as you can imagine. And I think about what we can do for our fans because they're, they are so loyal and they spend a lot of their time with us. So anyway, so I'm sorry, what, what's your team? I'm a Chargers guy. so Hey, that's great. You know,
3: Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. I love it. You saw a lot of Chargers up there. I, I'm hoping we make it back to the big show this year. But, uh, hey, I wanted to say thank you very, very much. Um, and I look forward to getting back to church on Sundays with you guys very soon uh, as the season begins. Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you.
0: Needless to say... Tim is more than qualified to provide a masterclass on marketing. I hope you took some notes as he shared the framework that he uses to ensure that professional football continues to thrive on and off the field. I'm so impressed with how this league has embraced Things like video game integrations and fantasy sports and really innovative initiatives that tie their players into the worlds of fashion and entertainment and pop culture. Tim's work reminds me most of the cult Brand principle of being relatable. Doing simple things like even just having their players take off their helmets literally and figuratively allows them to show their faces during the game and it helps create interest in their lives off the field. It's really subtle, but it's super smart. You know, I think my biggest takeaway from spending some time with Tim and hearing him speak is that I gained a lot of empathy for his job. Dealing with such a massive brand that has such broad reach is crazy hard. And this guy has to cater to diehard fans who want everything to stay the same and also attract new audiences who want some things to change. On top of that, he has to contend with 32 billionaires. They're really his primary audience because they comprise the league that pays for his salary. And each of these owners not only have big ideas, But they have big egos as well. I believe that when brands become so big that they become iconic, it's really helpful to go back and study their rise to success and see what sort of patterns emerge. You know, none of these cult brands achieved greatness by accident. There are a lot of deliberate decisions and difficult choices that we can all learn from. They all have guiding principles and organizing frameworks that help them to prioritize and to focus. Most of them have dynamic leaders who are courageous and stalwart amidst a variety of challenges. And nearly all of them have this above-average understanding of their customer and a commitment to improving the customer experience at a level that mediocre brands just don't have. I wish the NFL continued success, and I'm sure that if that organization keeps listening to the advice of Tim Ellis and his competent team, then they're going to be more than fine. Until next time. You've been listening to Cult Brand Secrets, where we share the best insights gleaned from The Gathering, an annual summit for brand leaders eager to make their companies more successful and more significant. Learn more about The Gathering at cultgathering.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate and review us in your podcast app. Cult Brand Secrets is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Special thanks to our producer and audio engineer, William Pritz, as well as our executive producers, David Moss and Bridget Coyne. I'm your host, Chris Nealon. Thanks for listening.
3: Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would
0: gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on the Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs are going
3: above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.